well, why don't you just make 10 louder? But you don't understand. This one goes to 11. Today's process is this. Don't try to make them understand. Sit back, relax. Let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here. Lawyer, entrepreneur, husband, father to two crazy maniacs, and your guide to the understory. You, my friend, have a problem. You are stuck in a nine to five and you want out. And the challenge is the way out lies through the understory, which is filled with monsters and bandits. Don't worry, we'll get out together. Just remember, admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. I am fired up to talk to you today. Um, just hitting the stride of my morning routine, so I'm fi- I'm always fired up when that happens because it guarantees that. I'm going to get a lot done. This podcast was almost about uh, you have enough time, but I said, that's boring. I don't want to talk about time. I want to tell you a little story. Let's go back in the time capsule, shall we? To 19, uh, no, to 2001. 2001? 2001. 2002. Somewhere in there. Early 2000s. And... I'm working at the city. I'm 20, whatever, whatever I'm at, like 28 years old, 29 years old, somewhere in there. I'm in my late 20s, and uh, things are a little hazy around there. Like my my t- my recollection of time is always uh, not that great because uh, I was pounding a lot of gin fizzes back then, and so things are a little murky. But uh, I'm fairly confident it was in the early 2000s, and I'm fairly confident that I was in my mid to late 20s, mostly late 20s. So. I'm working at the prosecutor's office, and it's an interesting job. Like the, the the thing about the job that I had was is that you know you get to wear the white hat, so you get to you get to you know, which was not necessarily the greatest thing for kind of an arrogant an arrogant twenty eight year old, right? <laughs> Just like they they give you this position and this title that you really had nothing to do with yourself. That they just be like, all right, you get to now judge other people and decide decide what the, what punishments they're going to pay. You know what punishments they're going to pay for for uh, things that they did wrong. And uh, even though you're probably not the most put together person in the world, we're going to give you that job. That seems like a great plan, City of Phoenix. Um, so. Any event. So the way that the office was set up is that there was a like a trial group, and then there was like the appeals motions group. And so you, you everybody starts out in the in the trial group, and they start you out, you know, just doing like little things like traffic tickets and and misdemeanors, and then then you go from there to you do trials, and then so you you know I did like I don't know forty jury forty jury trials, thirty five jury trials in like two years, some some absurd number of jury trials, and then. Um, and then, and then I personally moved into, you get kind of bored with that. And then I personally moved into the appellate group. And so the appellate group was, it's the, it was the, it was the group of um, lawyers that were responsible for dealing with the appeals. So if someone was unhappy with the result, which they almost always were, uh, they would appeal. And then we would have to like write briefs to, you know, say, no, you're wrong. And then also, but we also did the motions. So if someone wanted to do like what's called a motion to suppress, or they wanted to do a motion to dismiss or whatever, um, the trial attorneys didn't, didn't respond to that we would respond to it and come in and argue it right so and the way that it was set up was is at the beginning of every week you would get your assignments and so they would say all right like they would just like divvy them all out to everybody and I don't remember how many lawyers there were there were like four or five of us or whatever and so we would all get these assignments right and uh 
And so like every week and from and it wasn't that like it was mostly, you know, it was a city prosecutor job. So it was mostly like little stuff. Right. It wasn't that we weren't doing murder cases. We were doing DUIs and, you know, like sometimes you'd have like crazy cases, you know, like the whole neighborhood would show up for like nuisance cases and stuff like that. But it wasn't we weren't doing crimes of the century. So the stuff was not complicated. OK. And. And so what would happen? So a lot of the stuff was repetitive, too. So it was just like the same thing over and over again. And there's a term in legalese called boilerplate, which is, OK, this is just sort of like the framework that I have for this argument, for this type of case. And then, you know, the, the, we had a gigantic boilerplate framework database of uh, what were we doing on computers back then? Like an abacus? I think we had an abacus that we we're working on. And so we just had a gigantic database of emotions. And so so what happened was I was like, well, why would I invent the wheel? So all I would do is I would go back and I would I would take a motion that was similar. I would I would take the body of the copy the body of the motion and then I would just make sure I would do what's called shepherdizing. Now it's not running around tra- chasing sheep. It's it's uh it's making sure that the sites in this is an this is an exhilarating, exhilarating podcast. I'm I'm never going to do a podcast like this again because you're probably like sitting there and wanting to kill yourself. But uh, you take these sites and then you just make sure that the law is still good. So like okay, so then and then you just put in the facts of your case and then you would and then I would do like an extra little paragraph or two to kind of spice it up, right? But that didn't take very long and and so what happened was is that. Uh, I was done with, and I did that for everything. I just like, boom, this is getting done. Cause I, I'm a quick starter. And, um, you know, my, my, my whole idea was I want to get this done as fast as possible because I have a set amount of work. And then once I get it done, I can do whatever I want. Right. Like you would think. So, um, so I was always done by Wednesday. You get your assignments on Monday and I was always done by like the end of the day on Tuesday or the morning of Wednesday. And, and then I would just I would just dick around. <laughs> it's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'd be drinking coffee. I'd be meandering around the office. I'd be like, hey, what's up? I'd be talking to people. And then, but the problem was is that all the other lawyers that were up there, you know, I'd be trying to go in and talk to them and they'd still be working away, slaving away on their stuff. So I don't know if it was because they were just slower or because they really wanted to to like add to the I don't know, add to the the legal jurisprudence of barking dog, barking dog cases. I don't know, whatever it was, they were all really into it. And I was like, all right. And so, uh, apparently this annoyed people that I was doing this and, uh, I got, a, I got a talking to, so I got called into a supervisor's office and, and they're like, wait, you're doing your work too fast. Uh, the other people are getting annoyed. I was like, I'm do- so you want me to slow down? And the message was either slow down or just pretend you are working. And this, you know, and I was young, this offended me. And I, I was like, I was in my late twenties and I was young and it was my first real job, right? And I, and, and, and the thing was, is what I should have done is as what I should have done is been like, very well. And I would have, should have, I should have stayed in my office. Like if it was me right now, I'd be like, great. And I, I would just close my office. I'd be, I could close my office door and I would have done some kind of self-improvement or started to, you know, build some kind of business. Cause they were basically telling me I could pretend to work. And I was like, all right, very well. And I, I, I had created all this found time, like two and a half days, sometimes three days of, I could just do whatever I wanted to in my office, as long as nobody else knew that's what I was doing. And so if I would have been smart, um, I, I, I would have done that like a self-improvement situation or I would have started to build a business. 
to escape my skate brand and but I didn't know this then and and so this this pissed me off so I did I did the exact opposite thing is I started to instead of trying to make things better with my coworkers I decided to do something that I thought was good that they would like but in fact antagonize them and that on Tuesdays or Wednesdays when I was done I would go around and I would ask them if they wanted me to give them some of their work I was like, all right, I will start doing work for other people. And, uh, and so this, this did not go well. And so that was kind of the beginning of the end for me at that office. I was like, I'm going to get out of here. This is, this isn't going to work for me. And everybody was like, not happy. And they were just like, they just thought that I was kind of a dick. And I was like, well, it probably was. I probably, cause it, I was just like, this offends me. And not the great in the most of office politics, right? But, you know, in the intro, there's I did a little Spinal Tap quote, which I've actually never seen, but I know some of the quotes from it. And he's talking about this amp, and it's like they made this, they made, a, they made it, it's a special amp because it goes to 11. And the guy's like, why don't you just make 10 louder? And the, the guitar guy's like, but you don't understand. This one goes to 11. And I can't do accents, so just you got to bear with me. And so the, a normal person, it was just like, well, just make the other ones louder. But someone who is a guitar person is like, yeah, but this one is 11. There's no other amp like it. You cannot be a prophet in your own town, okay? And your own town is sometimes where you work, is sometimes your own family, is sometimes within your own like immediate family, like with your wife, okay? And there's another movie quote, which I always tell people, which, which really impacted me, and it's from Last of the Mohicans, and it's when Hawkeye is sitting there with Madeline Stowe's character, Miss um, um, Monroe, and he says to her, he says, you know, my father, Chinkachuk, always said, don't try to understand people and don't try to have this, uh, have them understand you because you're a world apart, right? And that's, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you are going, you're just a world apart. And I don't say this to separate you from other people. It's not that you just don't do what I did and be like, well, I'm better and I'm, you guys are all jerks and whatever. Don't, don't do that because you have to enlist everyone's help. You have to enlist everyone's help, even those people that don't, don't understand, right? And the worst thing you can try to do is try to make someone understand what you're trying to do and they just can't get it. They won't get it. Like a person who is an employee who has a secure job will not understand your desire to boot that secure job to go into the understory and go into the chaos and the unknown and battle the monsters and bandits. They just don't get it. Okay. So they're not, doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them stupid. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any, any of those things. It just makes them different. And Different is not better. Okay. Um, different is not better in the context of human beings. Like everyone's different. And so you have to figure out a way to get people on board with what you're doing um, without having to get them to understand what you're doing. And I fall in this trap all the time with my wife. Like, so I have, I've, we've been getting these little wins, right? And lately, and so um, I just booked a big guest in September for the podcast. And, and I was trying to tell my wife and, and she's like, that's great. And she tries to be supportive, but she's like, how is that going to end up paying us today? And it's not, it may not end up paying us anything in September, right? It may not end up in anything. It may not end up in one extra download. It doesn't, who knows? And so she's very security based. Okay. And the biggest, the biggest mistake in my marriage for the longest time was trying to get her excited about the entrepreneurial process when she is security based and she doesn't really care. And, and I always used to be offended by that because I was like, well, that means you don't support me. No, she supports me, moron. She's married to you. She's, she's sticking with you. She loves you. She tries to not like, 
you know, when you're experiencing financial distress, she she does not berate you. She she supports you. Now, she may not be like, you're the best ever, Wade. But that's Hallmark robot bullshit. Like, don't it don't don't have that expectation of your wife because you're not like that either. OK, um, maybe you are. I don't know. I, I should just say this is that is that uh, I don't expect my wife to be like a cheerleader for me all the time. Uh, I think that's uh, unreasonable because no one can be a cheerleader for everyone else all the time. I don't, I just don't see how that's possible. And uh, so I don't expect that of my wife and you shouldn't either. Um, now you should support your wife all the time and, and wives, you should support your husband all the time, but support, support is sometimes you support your husband by sometimes telling him he's an idiot, right. And having faith that, that uh, he can handle it. Okay. Um, almost for free, but Men never tell your wife that she's an idiot. That's not, you're not allowed to do that. So it's a bad call, bad call, bad kitty. Um, but the point I'm trying to make to you is this, is that stop wasting your time trying to convince everyone around you that what you're doing is the right thing uh, because they're not going to get it. And they'll all say that they understood it once you did it. And like, we always believed in you, but that's fine. But that's not your, that's not what you're trying to do. Okay. You cannot be a prophet in your own town, but that does not mean also that you blow them off either. And just be like, it's not an us versus them. One of the biggest skills that you have to have in business is persuading other people to get on board and negotiating with people that are totally different than you. And so you have to figure out a way to get people to get on board. And so it might be as simple as being like, look, I know that you don't understand this, why I'm doing this. I know that it's, it's scary and it's hard and you would never do this, but just that doesn't mean that it's not necessarily the right thing for me. And I'm just trying to figure this out and I'm going to make mistakes. And so if you could just do me a favor, when I make a mistake or two, don't immediately, don't immediately take that mistake to invalidate what I'm doing. Just just support me that I'm trying to figure it out. And sometimes just a sometimes just a conversation as simple as that, and you're just letting people know that you are that you are on the right you are on the right path and that you that you're trying to make sure that things are done in the right way for you and those around you, it'll go a long way. Versus, but you don't understand, this is a opt-in squeeze page. I just got six people. And it's just like, no, it's just like, talk to people on a human level. Don't talk to them on a business level. And if they don't understand. Now, if you're talking to another entrepreneur and, and they're and you're like, my God, this classic month of funnel squeeze page just opted in six people. Like they'll be like, that's amazing. That's because that's your people, that's your tribe. And but what you want to do is your association, you know, the, your immersion and association with people needs to be with like-minded individuals for business, but your support does not. Okay. It's great if that's your support system, your immediate support system. If you, you are blessed beyond measure, if your immediate support system is also just, you're just surrounded by entrepreneurs that totally get it, like that's amazing. But entrepreneurs are, 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 not, are not common. They're uncommon. Not, and not like in a better way or a worse way. It's just there's just not that many of them compared to everybody else. Um, and it's it. Believe me, being having that. So there are many times I wish that I was secure base and I was just could just sit and toil away at a job and just go home and whatever. But I can't. So just not built that way. So. What I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go get one because you're going to need one from time to time. But right now, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade. And what I want you to do is just simply write down, do not try to get them to understand. Just try and get them to support. And remember, there is no end if you stay in the path 
of understanding. Listen up, Rangers. You can't escape your 9 to 5, but you're going to need two things. You're going to need a place to stand to make decisions in confidence and clarity, and you're going to need a process to do that. I wrote a book, Creative Clearing, The Husband Entrepreneur's Guide to Escape the 9 to 5, that will give you those two things. It took me 20 years to write that book. I stepped on every landmine. I battled lots of monsters and bandits in the understory so that you don't have to. I know you've been promised the magical course, coach, codex crypto on the internet before but those things teach tactics and strategies i wrote this book so that if i hand it to you and you take it and you read it and you use it it will give you a process that if we never talked again it is inevitable for you to escape your nine to five go to creativeclearingbook.com again that's creativeclearingbook.com all you have to pay is the shipping and handling and i will send you this book for free rangers path of understanding never ends, but I want you to get to where you want to go. Go like the lantern.